0: I'm always honored and excited to be at Oasis. Uh, You guys are so awesome. I'm thankful for your pastor, your pastors in their absence, Pastor JP and Pastor Rachel, uh, anointed men and women of God. Um, They have become true brothers and sisters uh, to me in the ministry I uh, bring greetings on behalf of, of my home church, which is Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I texted um, Pastor uh, Tim Timberlake this week and said, hey, I'm, I'm preaching up in Chicago for Pastor JP and Rachel. You don't have any words. He's like, send them my love. And so sending you all love from Pastor uh, Tim and Pastor Jen Timberlake there in Jacksonville. And also on behalf of uh, the Awakening Alliance. Um, who is overseen by Pastors Stovall and Carrie Weems, uh, along with our my direct connect, which is Pastor John Scott. Um, so honored to be here with you guys on today. And so um, I'm a firm believer in framing things out before you really get into what all God has given, what all God wants to share with you guys on today. And um, so I will do that Um uh, I know that you all have been in a series as far as uh, the Sabbath is concerned, and some may ask, okay, well, what's the purpose behind that? What's the reasoning behind that? I'm going to get into that a little bit too, but even before I get into that, I also want to uh, announce, I I believe in making announcements, you know, when you go to sporting events, you know, the, the announcers always tell you what the expectation is. Yeah, we're going to see so-and-so doing this today, and you know this person is not going to be playing because of an injury, or this person is going to be playing and the begin to give you all the stats and stuff like that. So I kind of sort of do that when I minister uh, by way of just giving you an idea of what's going to happen. And so I, I already know um, that uh, healing is going to go forth on today, uh, specific healings for certain things. I also know that um, there are some who need to receive uh, rest, restoration and reconciliation, and we're going to deal with that today too. Um, I also know that there's uh, certain areas as far as deliverance that's needed on today, and we're going to deal with that also. So that's kind of sort of an overview. But um, getting back to uh, the, the Sabbath and uh, Shabbat and things of that nature. So I have a quick question. Uh, are there any first-generation or second-generation American citizens in the room? If this is If you are a first or second generation American citizen, okay, I see somebody in the back of the room. Okay, thank you for raising your hands. So I want to also say this too. This is a place of safety. Um, This is a place of transparency. So whenever you guys see me come, know some things. One, you can always be ensured that I'm here to be a blessing, not to be one that causes there to be any judgment of any kind. So I want you to feel comfortable. This is your home. I'm just a guest, but I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to be able to share with you all. And so if there's anything that we're talking about or ministering about, uh, this is a very reactive type of situation. Um, I, I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to feel transparent. I'm not, I'm not asking a particular question to sow any type of judgment whatsoever, but just to encourage and to empower. Is that Okay. All right, so now with that being said, I asked the question in reference to any first or second generation uh, Americans here, and I asked that question specifically because of this. So imagine that you are now a first or second generation American, but then the American government tells you, all right, so now that you are a citizen, I want you to forget about your heritage. I want you to forget about your home country. I want you to forget about your home identity. Um, whatever you were before, I want you to either pack it up and put it in the closet or pretend like it never happened because now all I want you to focus in on is your American citizenship. Now, with that being said, would that be fair? Honestly, this is the response. You You all can respond back, no, it wouldn't be. But oftentimes, in the church of Jesus Christ, for many centuries, we have said that it's okay to forget our Hebraic roots and not talk about them again because they're not important. So how in the world can we, the followers of Jesus Christ, no longer speak about or talk about what makes us who we are? Sometimes it's easy for us to forget that Jesus Christ was Jewish. He was. He was born in Jerusalem. He was born in that nation. But a lot of times, as followers of Christ, we want to forget about it or say that it's not important. And so to frame out what has happened over the last few weeks and also what's going to happen today, we're just kind of sort of talking about those things. And, and it doesn't mean that we're trying to get people to, be, to become Jewish. That's not it. It's about kingdom. Everything that we learn and even our Hebraic roots speaks about us being kingdom-minded and kingdom-active people. That's what it's all about. So these conversations that you all have been having thus far in reference to the Sabbath and Shabbat, they're they're not to make you more Jewish. They're to make you more kingdom. Amen? Praise God. And so just a few things that I want to go over uh, when we talk about the Sabbath and talk about Sabbath's rest. The first place that I would like to go is in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 verses 3 through 17. And any of you all that know your Bibles, you know that Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 17, speaks about the Ten Commandments. And so you know, you list them all out there. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, so forth and so on. And I won't go over each and every particular uh, uh, of those particular scriptures line by line. And if I were to ask the question to most of you, Are you adhering to the Ten Commandments? And most people who follow Christ will raise their hands and say, yes, absolutely, I'm following the Ten Commandments. I don't kill, even though i will be wanting to shake somebody. I don't commit adultery. Most of us would say that's exactly what we're, following the Ten Commandments. But when we get to the one that says, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you should not do any work or uh, your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or your sojourner who is within your gates. So why is it so easy for us to follow all the other of those commandments when it comes to that when we can't? And so most will say, well, I have to work. I got to provide for my family. Yes, you absolutely do. But here's the thing, I'm a strong believer that if you make a decision and be intentional about honoring God with your time, just like you honor him with your finances by way of your tithing, your giving, and your offerings, if you honor him and say, God, this is what I desire to do, I believe that God would honor you and give you the opportunity to be able to have that time with your family. And so once again, a lot of the stuff that I'm going over today, you guys probably have already heard. I'm just coming to reinforce what you've already heard and kind of sort of put a cap on it. And so you all know that technically speaking, the Sabbath is supposed to be from uh, sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Uh, Interesting story. So I've been to Israel and uh, they told me beforehand about just be prepared for uh, the Sabbath or Shabbat because the whole country shuts down. And so I'm like, okay, and I had never experienced it because at that particular point, I didn't understand about the Hebraic roots to that level. And so I said, okay, so I got there and they told us, yeah, you know, you might want to put some food aside because the rest, uh, the hotel that we're staying in, they may not have, the kitchen may not be open uh, come Sabbath. And so, you know, (laughs) if you want to eat, you better put something aside, get a snack. And so it it was interesting to me. I was in my hotel room and I looked out the window and as the sun was going, I saw people running trying to hurry up and get to the homes before the sun went down and so it, it just made an impression on me how the people were so honoring of making sure that they observed the Sabbath it was so interesting but then the flip side of it was come Saturday night when the lights when the sun went down <laughs> the clubs are open back up everybody's moving around and I'm like how do we go from all this piety to now we're doing the dance clubs and everything <laughs> in, in Israel which was interesting. Um, But the fact of the matter is, if you choose to honor him by saying, God, this is what I want to do, I believe that he will wholeheartedly make it so that you can have that time. Because here's the thing, the most important piece as far as the Sabbath is concerned is the time spent with family and the time reflecting as a family as far as your relationship with him. And so why would he not honor that? Why would he not give you that time, especially for something that you're going to set aside for him? In Genesis chapter uh, two, verses one through three, there are some who may ask the question: "Well, is this a Jewish thing? This whole thing about Sabbath and Shabbat, and so you know, those are Jewish terms, so forth and so on." But here's the thing: if you go to Genesis chapter two, verses one through three, it says this. I'll actually start with verse one. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished and all of the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work uh, that he had done and he uh, rested on the seventh day from all his work. See, we down to verse three. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because it, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, this is Genesis chapter two. Starting with verses one, start with verse one, then one, two, and three. By this point, as far as the actual action of these things, there was no nation of Israel. There were no Israeli people. There were no Hebrew people. This is in the very beginning. So God is saying in the very beginning that on the seventh day, He rested after He created the world. So it's, you, you cannot just tie it to a, a, a people or a location. You have to understand it's kingdom. It's not a Jewish thing. It's a kingdom thing. Because even before the nation was established, this principle was established. Amen? All right. Moving on. Going back to Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. Leviticus 23, verses 1 and 2. It says this, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, uh, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. So if you look up that word feast as it appears in the scripture, because you all know that when you are reading the Bible, um, especially when you're trying to get an understanding as far as what the meaning of those words are. So the Old Testament was written, it was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in either Greek or Aramaic. And so when you look at those words, as it appears in this particular scripture, uh, the Hebrew word for that word feast is moed, which means an appointed or fixed time. An appointed or fixed time. And so you would say, well, what is... Sabbath and Shabbat have to do with the feast? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Because if you look at the rest of Leviticus chapter 23, it begins to name the feast. And so the very first feast is Sabbath. Right after that is Passover. So this is something that God has said in the very beginning that he has separated and said, "I, I, I want there to be an appointed time. And that appointed time means it's a time when we come together or come into his presence, which is why it's so important. God has set aside times in the very beginning that he wanted us to come and be in his presence. And for whatever reason, over the years, we had moved away from it. And then we began to label it things that it wasn't. The Jewish people were the first people who began to apply and adhere to what God had set up, but they weren't supposed to be the only people, especially if we claim to be followers of Christ. It's so important. And I know most of you all have known that, but I'm, I'm once again just reiterating the importance of it. So the very next thing is what's, There are four things that I personally say, four important points about the Sabbath. So the very first point that's important about the Sabbath is realignment, realignment. The Sabbath is supposed to realign us with God. And so a quick illustration, how many of you all have a car that's five years old or older? You have a car? All right. So most of you all are either taking a bus and you all got those new cars. <laughs> but anyone that has a car that's five years old or older, if you're driving your car and you let go of the steering wheel, if you, have a, if you try to make it so that your steering wheel is going straight so that the car is still going straight, if you let go of the steering wheel and your car begins to veer to one side or to the other and doesn't continue to go straight for a length of time, that means that your alignment is off. That means you got to get the alignment taken care of. That means somewhere over time, although the car was created to go straight, something happened that caused it to veer to the left or to the right. You were created to go in a certain direction, but somewhere over time, you began to veer to the left or to the right. That means your alignment is off. The interesting thing is you have to take your hands off the wheel before you can realize that your alignment is off. Amen or ouch, y'all. Amen or ouch. You got to take your hands off the wheel. Because if you're steadily driving and trying to get to your destination, you'll never know that your alignment is off. How many of you all are willing today to begin to take your hands off the wheel to say, Lord, if there's something in me that's not in line with you and your will and purpose for my life, I need you to realign me. That's the purpose of Sabbath. It's to realign you with what God had created you to be. That's why it's so important to take the time. And see, here's the thing, especially in the American churches, I've had the, the, the blessing and the opportunity since 2007 to minister in 56 different countries. So I'm not just standing up here talking about some stuff that I don't know anything about. And if, you, if I wouldn't have shared that with you, you never would have known. The point I'm trying to make is when you allow yourself to go to other places and experience other things, your perspective about things changes. So here in the in the American church, our way of thinking about things is not necessarily the only way. And we can, you know, be here and, and think that we're, we're 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 that God has created us in such a way that we're the only ones that know certain things. and That is not the case. <laughs> you got to go around and travel and go some places to see some things, and you'll see that when you go to these other places, that what you thought was one thing might be something totally different. There's a different perspective than what in other places than what we have here. But you only know that when you begin to go to places. And so God is desiring for us to realign with what he had created us to be. And the next thing, evaluate. Second point, evaluate. You have to begin to evaluate where your relationship is with him and if you're doing exactly what he created you to do. If you sit back and begin to evaluate your situation and your circumstances based upon his word, You'll say, you know what? Yeah, I probably got that one wrong. May need to redo that because I'm evaluating where God wants me to be. I'm evaluating where I am and where he says he wants me to be. And why is that so important? Once again, Sabbath. Sabbath is where you reevaluate where you are with your relationship with him. Where you say, you know what? Yeah, I need to work in these areas. I need to begin to do these things. Because if not, you'll continue in your mind thinking that you're doing exactly what you need to do. It's real easy for us to get busy with work. That's what we also do here in America. We get so busy saying, well, I got to do these things because this is what God wants me to do, so I'm going to do it. And so we get so busy with work that we forget to rest, that we forget to spend that time with him. And you may say, well, I spend time with God on a daily basis. You know, I, 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 I have my quiet time, and that's, that's good. But there's also a designated time, an appointed time, that was set up at the very beginning where he wants us to reevaluate some things. Praise God. Next thing, four important things, to stand, S-T-A-N-D, stand. One of the purposes of the Sabbath is to stand. And what are you standing? You're standing firm on God's word. There are times when he wants us to be able to be in a place where we can say, God, this is what your word says, and I'm going to stand on your word. I remember when my wife and I first got married, and we were believing God for a lot of different things, and someone that came to us and said, which then this, when I'm about to share with you, may sound really strange, but it was effective. They said, God wants you to put get two index cards, and on the front of the index card, write down the things that you're believing God for or that you need God to do for you in your marriage and for your for your your lives in general. Then on the back of those cards, write down how he's going to do it by his word. It said, put one of those index cards in each of your shoes and daily walk out on God's word. And so we began to do it because we felt, okay, this sounds really strange. It sounds weird, but it must be God. (laughs) And so God was so um, honoring of us even in that is that uh, he sent someone to us At one of our next Sunday services, and the person was there and said, there's a couple here. He said, and you all are literally daily walking out faith. And so God wanted me to let you know that you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. So we were standing on his word. Sabbath is a time when you come into his presence and you stand on his word. What things do you need to stand on his word for in your life right now? And you may think, well, how is this possible? Uh, you may think, well, I don't, I don't know for sure. Here, here's the thing. There are certain situations that require a stand. Some years ago, God gave me this acrostic or this acronym for the letter stand, S-T-A-N-D. And the acronym that he gave me was strong, triumphant, and never defeated. Strong, triumphant, and never defeated. So in us observing the Sabbath and we standing, God is showing us how He's gonna perform things and do things based upon our stand on His Word. But you get what you need in the area of observing the Sabbath. Does that make sense? One of the last points that I feel that Sabbath represents is the table. And so here we have a table that has been set, and at the table are the representations. Oh, yeah, you want to take that from me? I appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and pour it for us, too? Thank you. At the table are representations of what we call communion: His bruised and pierced body and His shed blood. And you may say, well, what's the importance of the table, and how does the table represent anything as far as the Sabbath is concerned? Well, one of the things that my family and I do is that when we're honoring the Sabbath, we come together as a family at the table. At the table is where we not only have dinner, at the table is where we remember the Lord Jesus At the table is where we commune with him together as a family. That's hence communion. At the table, there is strength. At the table, there is power. At the table, there is understanding. At the table, there is freedom. You guys remember the last time we were here, we talked about my oldest daughter and that whole situation, but I also have three sons. My oldest son is 19, middle son is 15, and youngest son is 13. My oldest son is a Marine, and he's been a Marine now for a little over a year. There are many things that he has been through in his short tenure in being a Marine that he would not have been able to get through had he not first been at the table. Because we allowed our sons the opportunity to share what they feel God has spoken to them about particular things. And sometimes as parents, we dismiss our children or we don't give them the opportunity to have a voice. But our our boys learn that they have a voice at the table. It's also a place of teaching. What is the Lord saying to you? Well, you can't tell somebody what the Lord has said to you if you don't put yourself in a position to hear what he has to say. At the table is where you can hear what he has to say. At the table is also a training place. And so we trained our boys at the table. Okay, so this is what the Lord is saying. So let's, let's walk this thing out. How is what you're feeling that God is saying backed up by his word? Because he's not going to say anything contrary to his word. But it's happening at the table. So the table is a key component for my family On Shabbat Shabbat or Sabbath. It's so important. There's no way you completely say that you can observe the Sabbath if you're not willing to realign, evaluate, stand, or come to the table. And ultimately... If you look at the first letter of each of those words, it spells what? Rest. (laughs) I got to make sure I give you something extra at the end of service. (laughs) And you may say, well, what what are some of the scripture references as far as the table is concerned? Well, I'm glad you asked that. One of the first ones would be in Matthew chapter 26 in verse 19. Matthew 26 and 19 says this and the disciples did as Jesus had had directed them and they prepared the Passover when it was served he reclined at the table and you may say well that doesn't say anything about Sabbath at all but here's the thing everything that happened after that was a product of what first happened at the table so that is when we first hear, the Lord Jesus talked about communion, where he first talking about partaking of who he is. He also talked about him dying at the table. Another scripture that speaks about the table, and I know that most of you all know this, is in Psalms chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, so forth and so on. And then you jump down to verse five. You prepare a table. Before me, in the presence of my enemies, there's power at the table. But you first have to be willing to say, I'm going to honor Shabbat. I'm going to honor the Sabbath. And I'm going to come to the table and partake of everything that is represented at the table. Because in me doing this and me honoring this, it pushes the enemy back. There's power here. Everything, and see, I can explain certain things as far as Scripture is concerned, but practically speaking, everything that is needed starts at the table in us honoring Sabbath. I need you all to understand something, Oasis. You all are called Oasis for a reason and for a purpose. You all have been fed very well over the last few years by your pastors. They have been doing a great job. Them and those who lead alongside of them are with them. At some point, you have to take everything that you have been fed and everything that you have been taught and begin to put it into action. So although your name is Oasis, where people come to be refreshed, to be rejuvenized, every once in a while, you've gotta take some people a drink. Because they may be too far away from where the Oasis is. So do you see them suffering? Do you see them parched? Do you see them almost about to die of thirst and not offer them a drink because they're not at the oasis? Or do you take water from the oasis to where they are? If you say that you are a member here, if you say that God has sent you here, then you also have to admit to the fact that it is your responsibility to take someone that can't get here. The life-sustaining thing that they need. But all of this is still encompassed in the idea of the table. So what are we are going to do now? We're going to go ahead and have commune together, and then after that, I'm going to open up for the opportunity for people to come up for prayer, because once again, I, I do not feel that God would have me be here. And not deal with some things, and and specifically the things that I called out earlier, as far as healing is concerned, as far as restoration and reconciliation is concerned, and we're going to deal with those things. And so, Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity to be able to come together as a family. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to observe the Sabbath and understanding that it is part of our Hebraic roots it doesn't mean, Father, that you desire for us to be Jewish. You desire for us to be kingdom-minded and a kingdom people. And so, Father, everything that we have learned thus far, we put into practice, and we're obedient to it. So, Father, right now, we first ask for forgiveness of those things that you call sin. We don't measure ourselves Based upon what we feel, we measure ourselves based upon what your word says. And so, Father, right now, we repent and ask forgiveness for those thoughts, those actions, those things that your word says are sin. And we thank you that your word says that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, Father, now having repented for those things, we now, as a family, partake of the representation of your bruised and pierced body. John Michael said, I want a big piece of Jesus. You know, thing that broke off me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice for us. We thank you for the beating that you took as payment for our sins. And now we partake of this representation as a family together in remembrance of you, Lord Jesus. Amen.